Scott Black, host of Like It Matters Radio, heard weekday mornings at 9 on Wellness Radio, KDIZ, Golden Valley, Twin Cities Wellness Radio. With SRN News, I'm Rich Thomason in Washington. Defense Secretary Mark Esper in Baghdad. He's there on a mission to nail down details on the American troop withdrawal from Syria. Esper says all U.S. troops leaving Syria will go to western Iraq and that the military will continue to conduct operations against Islamic State group to prevent its resurgence in the region. Meanwhile, Russia and Turkey reached an agreement that would deploy their forces along nearly the entire northeastern border. That's correspondent Zaria Shackley. Where is the whistleblower? The question posed by President Trump on Twitter this morning as House Democrats pursue their impeachment inquiry behind closed doors, out of view of the public and the news media. On Wall Street, stocks have turned modestly higher right now. The Dow is up about 55 points. The S&P 500 index, one point higher. The Nasdaq Composite Index, four points higher. This is SRN News. Are you a member of our rewards program? Yeah, I had the card here somewhere. We've all been there, rustling around for that rewards card you can't find. At Wellness Radio 1570, we've simplified the process. All of the perks, none of the hassle. It's the Wellness 1570 Fan Club, where you'll get early access to tickets for our events, exclusive content, prizes, and more. To sign up, visit TwinCitiesWellnessRadio.com. Wellness 1570, we're your home for Johnny's football. You can go to TwinCitiesWellnessRadio.com. We've got all the details linked up right there. Let's see if uh, the Tommies continue their winning ways as they take on St. Olaf on Saturday. Kickoff at 1, pregame at noon right here on Wellness 1570. That forecast for today, looking at clouds and a high in the mid-40s. Like It Matters Radio is next. Social Security is with you through life's journey. Get to know us at socialsecurity.gov. We are there, day one, with baby names and a gift that lasts a lifetime. We are there as you grow, protecting you and those you love. We are there when you get your first job, helping you to save for the future. We are there when you marry your sweetheart to help secure your new life together. We are there if the unexpected happens, to help you see life from a new perspective. We are there when you start your next chapter to make sure you get off to a great start. And we are there when you lose your soulmate to help make sure you will be all right. We are with you through life's journey, Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. Get to know us and see what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. Pro-life across America, the Billboard people. Did you know my mom's going to have a baby? She is? Will it be a boy? Or will it be a girl? We don't know yet, but we heard the heartbeat, and my dad said this is going to be someone very special. You mean like being a president? Or maybe a doctor? Well, probably maybe like a singer or dancer, I think. Hello, my name is Marianne Kowarski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. We know that every baby is a miracle and has the potential to do great things. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives or assistance or would like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please call 1-800-366-7773 or visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org. 
Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. Hi, this is Tim. And this is Lee. And we're the Kingdom Builders. You've often heard us talk about our theme verse, Colossians 3.23. Whatever you do, work heartily, as for the Lord and not for men. We want to be as perfect as possible, but we realize nobody's perfect all the time. For example, we just did a roof for a lovely family here in the Twin Cities area and asked him how things went, and he said, the crew was uh, kind enough to move my barbecue grill off of the deck when we were doing the tear-off so we wouldn't get debris down on his barbecue grill. After the roof was complete, they put my barbecue grill back on the deck but they got the grill backwards. The knobs were on the wrong side. <laughs> and I had to remind them, hey, Mark, we're not great barbecue grillers. We're just great roofers. We can't guarantee we're going to get your grill in the exact same position on the deck when we're finished, but we can guarantee the workmanship that we do on your roof for the life of the products. If you'd like a no-obligation estimate or evaluation on your roof or gutters, please give us a call at 612-900-9166 or look us up online at thekingdombuilders.net. The following program was pre-recorded and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? If you want to be inspired, get help in becoming all you can be, the time is now for Like It Matters Radio with your host, Mr. Scott V. Black. Welcome to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am your blessed radio host, your radio life caddy, and you can call me Mr. Black. And today, we're going to talk about the test of three. You know, if you've listened to my show for a while, then you know I like to share lots of stories, uh, lots of uh, poetry. You know, I kind of like to think about myself as like a Paul Harvey. Uh, If you don't know who Paul Harvey was, Google him so you can get the, quote, rest of the story. But I remember Paul Harvey when I was a kid, and he would uh, stir people up. He would take uh, the the illogical, lacking common sense things of the world, uh, and he would bring some common sense to them. He would share stories as that great uh, father's type of voice, that great storyteller voice. And I found out uh, for a while there, he was like one-tenth of all of NBC's advertising revenue uh, came through him. I remember reading about him, and uh, at one point, uh, he made more money than the entire crew of uh, 60 Minutes, uh, Barbara Walters and all of them. Uh, he's uh, a voice uh, of reason. Uh, and he would stir people. He was the original chicken soup for the soul. You know, uh, Jack Canfield and Mark Victor Hansen and some others did this uh, chicken soup for a soul, you know, where they would share stories and, and motivate people uh, to stir up their spirit. Well, Paul Harvey would do that on the radio. So I'm going to share with you a story, uh, a story about Socrates. You know, in ancient Greece, uh, Socrates was reputed to hold knowledge in high esteem. And one day an acquaintance ran up to the great philosopher and said, Socrates, Socrates, do you know what I just heard about your friend? And Socrates Socrates stopped him and said, hold on a minute. He said, before telling me anything about my friend or anything else, I'd like you to pass a little test. It's called the test of three. That's right, Socrates continued. Before you talk to me about my friend, it might be a good idea to take a moment and filter what you're going to say. And the first filter is truth. Have you made absolutely sure 
that what you're about to tell me is true. And with that, he said, no, the man said, actually, I just heard about it. All right, said Socrates. So you don't really know if it's true or not. Now, let's go ahead and do the second filter. The second filter is the filter of goodness. Is what you're about to tell me about my friend something good? And he paused for a second. He goes, no, start shaking his head. No, matter of fact, on the contrary, uh, it's not good at all. So Socrates continued, you want to tell me something bad about a friend, but you're not certain if it's true. And you also are telling me for sure that it's not good. However, you may still pass the test, though, because there's one filter left, and that is the filter of usefulness. Is what you're about to tell me about my friend going to be something I can use to benefit the world? And again, upon getting that question from Socrates, uh, he said, uh, no, not really. Well, concluded Socrates, if what you want to tell me is neither true, nor good, nor even useful, why tell it to me at all? The man stared at him uh, with disappointment and without a word turned around, left, dejected. And then at the end here, and I got this off the internet, it says, uh, this is why Socrates was a great philosopher and held in such high esteem. It also explains why he never found out his best friend was ha- was sleeping with his wife. <laughs> you know, I believe that's a true story up until the last line, up until the last line. But, you know, it is interesting, and, uh, you know, I find meaning. Uh, I'm always looking for meaning. You know, we are little meaning makers, and that's the whole study of logotherapy. You know, we have a will to meaning, and I, my uh, will to meaning uh, is actually on overdrive most of the time. But as I consider this and consider doing a radio show today with calling it the test of three, uh, I want to focus on on two words uh, in the title. The first one is test. You know, I like words. Uh, There's a book I'm going to be a part of uh, coming out soon. It's all about words. Uh, It's called WOW. Uh, And it's all about understanding the words we use because people use words all the time and they have absolutely no intent uh, to understand what the word means. People slow around, wor- throw around words all the time. Uh, what was it in Living Color where they had a, one of the Wayans brothers, Damon Wayans, I don't remember which one, but he was in prison, you know, and he'd, uh, you know, just say big words. I want to subjugate, obfuscate of the delegate, of Watergate, uh, the, then we're going to find out if there's a wind gate is on the pearly gates. You know, he would just say these things. Uh, in a pattern and a rhythm and just words that rhymed and flowed. Uh, But you're looking, I'm like, what is he saying? He has no idea what he's saying. But that's a comedy show. People watch it to laugh. But let's be honest. More people than not are running around doing the exact same thing. So a test. What is a test? A test is a way to know, right? Right? How do you know? Uh, People give us tests to see how we're doing. We test to know if you know the answers. You know, I always ask people when I'm working on mission vision statements, you know, how do you know? How do you know if you had a good day or not? How do you know if you had a good week or not? What is the test that you give yourself? Is there something that needs to take place? Is there something that needs to happen? Or conversely, what makes up a bad day? What is a negative day? I mean, how do you know if something's bad? What needs to take place in a day or not take place in a day 
for you to consider it a bad day. And, and these are basic tests. You know, we all have these litmus tests. We all have these things in our head uh, that we judge things by. We test them. You know, there's a, a lit, it's called a litmus test. You know, a lot of people in politics today, they have one issue, uh, and it's a litmus test. For some of you, it's Trump. You hate him, uh, and you hate him because he's a hater. Uh, you hate him. It's just interesting because we got to be careful about the plank in our own eye as we're looking at the split in other people's. But there's a litmus test for some people. It's abortion, you know, pros or cons. If you are if you don't believe in the sanctity of life, I don't care who you are, some people won't vote for you. And unless you believe in a woman's absolute right uh, to destroy that baby at any time, even right after it becomes a little baby, it's birth, uh, then they don't care what else you believe. For a lot of people, you know, in the privilege movement, in the liberal and the resistance movement, if you're white, uh, that's the test to say you don't have a value. And if you're a white man, the test says shut up, get in the back of the bus because you're the cause of all people's problems. So we need to know what we test things against because we always want to test. We always want to know, right? And the second thing I want to focus on is the number three. You know, I love the number three. I got this book by uh, Troy Brewer called The Numbers That Preach. And I love the Bible because there's a lot of code in the Bible. And some of the code uh, is trees. God uses certain trees to mean different things. There are certain things that mean things. The oil in the in the Bible means the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, birds reference usually something evil. Uh, so, you know, there's a hidden code in there. Uh, and the number three, numbers are interesting because they're all throughout the Bible. And the number three uh, stands for perfect completion. And Troy calls it the number three, the whole enchilada. This number illustrates fullness and being complete. Three uh, is the resurrection and the number God puts on divinity. Right? Genesis 22, 4. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes. Right? So, for on the third day, the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai before the eyes of all the people. Right? And that's in Exodus 19:11. Genesis 22, 8. And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb. Uh, for a burnt offering. Uh, again, it's knowing the three, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, right? And he's really into three. Jesus rose on the third day. The writings on the cross was in three languages. There were three crosses on Calvary. Jesus was crucified in the third hour. There were three hours of darkness at Calvary. The last three words Jesus spoke were, it is finished. Peter denied Jesus three times. Peter acknowledged he loved Jesus three times after the resurrection. So the number three is about completeness, perfect completion. And a test is to know how you're doing. So today on Like It Matters Radio, we're talking about the test of three. We'll be back in three minutes. What can you do in 48, what can you do in 48 hours that changes your life? Like It Matters Leadership Awakening. Hear what this human resource manager says about the impact of Leadership Awakening on her life. With uh, Like It Matters Leadership Awakening, it changed my culture to say, okay, I have to set the example. I know I am the manager, but sometimes I have failed up until now to really deliver my word. So those things changed the very first day I came back. And it's just absolutely fascinating. So of course they are looking at me like, what happened to you? And on a personal point of view, so many things have happened since I got home. It's almost a miracle. It's not almost, it is a miracle. 
Give Mr. Black and Leadership Awakening just 48 hours and it'll change your life. Go to likeitmatters.net and click on schedule to register for the next Leadership Awakening classes in Minneapolis, November 21st through the 23rd. That's likeitmatters.net. Leadership Awakening, where 48 hours will change your life. This is a solicitation of insurance by eHealth, an insurance agency offering plans from different insurance companies. No government or Medicare affiliation. The described coverage is not available in all counties or cases. Paid actor portrayal. Hi, I'm Dave Nemeth. And I'm Barbara Niven. You may have seen us on television talking about an all-in-one card that has the Medicare community talking. The one that gives you coverage for hospital care, doctor visits, prescription drugs, in many cases, even eyeglasses and dental care. For a monthly price that some people find too good to be true except it is true one card one company one complete package of medicare benefits designed to help you get well and stay well now that's something worth talking about watch your mailbox or learn more online at onecardnow.com that's onecardnow.com please don't put this off it's too important visit onecardnow.com for free information with no obligation that's onecardnow.com Here's what business owner Ken Johnson had to say about the impact Like It Matters Leadership Awakening had on his employees. Since then, they have been on fire. They have been committed as a team, absolutely changed. They are energized in a way that is is off the charts, different and better than we ever had before. First of all, best investment I ever made. Secondly, we decided to reduce our investment in some other areas so we can reinvest that money in more people for this experience. Every single person has been thrilled with the results and myself included. Change the course of your life. Go to likeitmatters.net and click on schedule to register for the next Leadership Awakening class in Raleigh, North Carolina, November 7th to the 9th. That's likeitmatters.net. Leadership Awakening. We don't take applicants, only commitment. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am your blessed radio host, your radio life caddy, Mr. Black. And today we're talking about the test of three. Test of three. Socrates uh, would have a simple test uh, before he wanted to hear any information. He would want to know, number one, was it truthful? Number two, was it goodness? And number three, was it useful? You know, I started thinking about this test of three. Uh, And as I said before break, there's two words when we consider the test of three we want to consider. And the first one is the number three. Uh, The number three, uh, I always reference the Bible. It is the standard of truth that I choose to use in my map of reality. But the number three in the Bible is perfect completion. You know, the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You know, Jesus was resurrected on the third day. There are a lot of things that are done in threes. You know, Christ uh, was denied by Peter three times. Uh, Peter was asked three different times by Christ after the resurrection uh, if he loved him, then feed his sheep. And so you got to understand three to God is uh, has value. It is the number of completion. Matter of fact, it is perfect completion. And the word test. You know, the word test is to to know how you're doing, to kind of see where you're at. We we a lot of times have a litmus test. 
we compare something against something else to find out if it's good or bad based on one thing. And if you think about it, you know, better, worse, good, bad, you know, all those words are, are, are comparison words. There's something that we're, quote, testing it against. There's testing against. And some people got to the point where they test everything based on, on who you vote for. Uh, they're going to hate you or like you uh, if you vote like them or don't vote like them. And we got to be careful when we put like little tests like that out there because those are judgments. Those are judgments. Uh, you don't know people's hearts. Uh, you don't know people's motives. We can see their exterior. We can judge people based on our beliefs. But today, I actually want to go into that because when I saw this thing from Socrates, the test of three, I thought of uh, some other things that are threes as well. You know, there are three Fs of conflict resolution. There are three spaces in time that we can live. There are three zones that we live in in our life. There are three perceptual positions. There are three R's. Uh, to survival. And so today, what I thought I would do is share with you some other test of threes, if my voice stays with me. Share with you some other test of threes because three is perfect completion. But first, I want to think about this. All this is about success. When we have test, we test ourselves to see if we're ready to graduate, right? It's about success. The test of three it is about success. How do you know if you successfully want someone to share something with you? How do you know when you're being successful? You know, I always tell people that word success is a normalization. You know, some words fall into category of generalizations called normalizations. A normalization is something you cannot put in a wheelbarrow. You cannot put truth in a wheelbarrow. You cannot put goodness in a wheelbarrow. You cannot put usefulness in a wheelbarrow. And that word usefulness is interesting because if you're uh, on a journey and you know where you're going, if you have a destination, then you will know what things are useful and what things are not useful. However, if you don't know where you're going, then you don't really know what's useful and what's not useful. You know, I was watching Alice in Wonderland years ago with my daughter Faith when they were in DVD form, uh, not DVD, cassette form, VHS cassettes. And Alice comes to Looking Glass and she, all of a sudden there's a fork in the road. And so Alice stops and out of nowhere El Gato appears. You know, Cheshire Cat, that smile appears and then the rest of the body comes in the picture. And Alice asks that cat a simple question. The question being, which one of these roads do I take? And the cat responded Socratically. See, Socrates is known for asking questions. It's like Jesus Christ asked many questions. And so there's actually a Socratic way of selling, and it's the process of asking questions. So the cat asked a simple question to Alice, Socratically. Where are you going? And Alice said, I don't know. And then these wise words for a talking cat. Well, then any road will take you there. I had to do a rewind on that. What did that cat just say? When you don't know where you're going, then any road will take you there. And see, that's the thing with success. 
Have you defined success? What is your test for success? How do you know if you've had a successful day? What makes a successful marriage a successful marriage? How do you know? What's the test to know if you're walking with God? What's the test to know if you're doing better today than you were a year ago? How do you know if you're under construction? What proof? You know, the old proof test is uh, if it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, it must be a duck, right? So that word usefulness is interesting. You know, in, in, the, in the Bible, there's actually a, a book called Philemon. It's only one chapter. It's actually an epistle. It's a letter uh, written uh, about a person, and it was written to Philemon. And Philemon had a slave, Onesimus, uh, and that slave ran away, ran into Paul, and Paul led him to a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. And Paul had him go back to a slave master and asked, because of his relationship with Philemon, if he would forgive his brother Onesimus and now bring him back, welcome him back, not as a slave, and if as a slave, then only as a slave to Christ, but as a brother, as a friend. And in there he says, uh, Onesimus was once useless, but now he's useful. And that's actually what his name means, useful, Onesimus. And so until he had found his purpose, his true calling, which was to walk with God, just like Philemon was, then he was useless. But now that he's walking with the Savior of the world, now that he knows the Messiah, now that he knows his true purpose, which is to glorify God, to honor God, now he is useful. So I find it interesting, those, these three words. <clears throat> the first word is goodness, because that was the three tests, remember? Socrates' test of three was, is it truth, uh, is it goodness, and is it usefulness? And I think this is a good test to begin with. And then in the next two segments, I'm going to go through five other uh, three things. Five other tests of three these are important things, and they all come down to the number three, which is perfect completion. But first of all, let's, let's do Socrates' test. What does goodness mean? Goodness, right from the dictionary, means the quality of being morally good or vir- virtuous, a belief in the basic goodness of mankind. So it means it starts with a positive mindset. You're looking to build up, not destroy. You're looking to be productive, not destructive. Don't you see it? So goodness means it's going to somehow benefit somebody, hopefully both people. Because if I can understand you a little bit better and you can understand me a little bit better, doesn't make sense we're in a position of a better relationship. Which I love the second definition of goodness, which, goodness, which is the beneficial or nourishment element of food. Wow. Food nourishes us. Food feeds us. We hunger and we thirst for many things. Some are goodness and usefulness. Some are not. And so another definition of goodness is the state of quality of being good, moral excellence, virtue, kindly feeling, kindness, generosity, excellence of quality, goodness of workmanship, the best part of anything, essence, strength, right? There's goodness. Now he says the the second test is usefulness. Is it useful? And useful is an adjective. 
It's being of use or service, serving some purpose, advantageous, helpful, or of good effect. And they use the example, a useful member of society. Uh, it says, of practical use, as for doing work, producing material results, supplying common needs, right? The useful arts, useful work. The quality of having utility and especially practical worth or applicability. I love that. The quality of having utility and especially practical worth or applicability. Wow. Are the things you're sharing daily? Do they fit that category? And then that word truth. Because people want to redefine that word. Well, what's true for you might not be true for me. We need to have a standard of truth. It can't be floating. It can't be different. You know, like it's some of you think it's it's bad to hate, but you're okay hating Trump. And you hate Trump because he hates. See, that's what the Bible talks about. The plank in our eye, why someone else has a splinter in their own eye. Truth. Jesus Christ said the truth will set you free. By this you will know my truth, and the truth will set you free. Charles Garfield said, the truth will set you free, but first, it's going to make you miserable, right? <laughs> so, you know, I, I hate to say that truth is moves, but you got to have a standard of truth. And that's why those of you that do not believe in the Bible, those of you that do not know the God of the Bible, those of you that do not study the Scripture, uh, you got to be careful because you're going to get relative truth. Uh, and truth is the truth. Whether it's in, uh, Eastern philosophy or Western philosophy, uh, there is truth out there. There is truth that we're going to die someday. There is truth that we're all born. There is truth that we will be held accountable for what we did on this planet. And so today we're talking about the test of three. And after the break, I'm going to move from Socrates' test of three to other areas in leadership that all have the test of three. Hi, Mr. Black. You are under construction on the Like It Matters radio network. We'll be back in three minutes. What can you do in 48 hours that changes your life? Like It Matters Leadership Awakening. Listen to this 22-year law enforcement veteran with PTSD compare Leadership Awakening to other training he's received. You focus on the individual. I think you kind of answered the why question, whereas a lot of the other programs that are out there, I don't want to say they put a Band-Aid on it, but they don't do a very good job of going into the why. And, you know, why am I doing this? Why is my brain uh, revert back to the images? You know, why do I get depressed? And like you said, right, it's a choice. 48 hours. Give Mr. Black and Leadership Awakening just 48 hours and it'll change your life. Go to likeitmatters.net and click on schedule to register for the next Leadership Awakening classes in Minneapolis, November 21st through the 23rd. That's likeitmatters.net. Just click on schedule. Leadership Awakening where 48 hours will change your life. I'm a trained lawyer. I went to law school. My name is Alan. I am a current student at the OTA office in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, I'm a retired district court judge, and when I decided to retire, I'd always had an interest in financial markets. I had done quite a bit of research, read up on OTA a lot. I think I had a pretty good idea of what to expect. The actual class itself was more impressive than I even anticipated. I mean, after I 
attended that half-day class and um, fell in love with it after that. I was absolutely 100% sold. It's almost like a light bulb goes off. You start following your rules. You recognize the mistakes you shouldn't uh, make, and you stop making them. I feel like I've actually turned a corner. I'm actually on a great path. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to do this. And I think a lot of people get scared away from the financial markets because they don't think they're smart enough, and nothing could be further from the truth. Call today for a free investing class at 952-814-4410 or go to learnwithota.com. Here's what business owner Ken Johnson had to say about the impact Like It Matters Leadership Awakening had on his employees. Since then, they have been on fire. They have been committed as a team, absolutely changed. They are energized in a way that is, is off the charts different and better than we ever had before. First of all, best investment I ever made. Secondly, we decided to reduce our investment in some other areas so we can reinvest that money in more people for this experience. Every single person has been thrilled with the results and myself included. Change the course of your life. Go to likeitmatters.net and click on schedule to register for the next Leadership Awakening class in Raleigh, North Carolina, November 7th to the 9th. That's likeitmatters.net. Leadership Awakening. We don't take applicants, only commitment. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio. Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am your blessed radio host, your radio life caddy, and today we're talking about the test of three. The test of three, you know, in ancient Greece, Socrates was widely lauded for his wisdom. And one day the great philosopher came upon an acquaintance who ran up to him excitedly and said, Socrates, Socrates, do you know what I just heard about one of your students? And without him allowing his friend to say anything, Socrates said, wait a moment, before you tell me anything, I want you to pass a little test. I call it the test of three. Test of three? Yeah, that's correct, Socrates continued. Before you talk to me about my student, let's take a moment to test what you're going to say. The first test is truth. Have you made absolutely sure that what you're about to tell me is true? No, the man replied, actually, I just heard about it. All right, said Socrates. So you don't really know if it's true or not. Now let's go and do the second test, the test of goodness. Is what you're about to tell me about my students something good? Oh, no, 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 he said, uh, on the contrary. So Socrates continued, you want to tell me something bad about my student, even though you're not certain it's true, and even though you don't believe it's goodness. And the man shrugged a little embarrassed. But Socrates continued, nonetheless, you may still pass this test, though, because there is a third test the filter of usefulness. Is what you want to tell me about my student going to be useful to me? And with that, he said, no. No, not really. Well, concludes Socrates, if what you want to tell me is neither true nor good nor even useful, why tell it to me at all? The man was defeated and ashamed and said no more. And Socrates was considered a wise man, a philosopher. But can I tell you, we have the same wisdom. Wisdom uh, is beyond knowledge. Wisdom is the application of knowledge. Wisdom uh, is, to me, a word of God from God, because true wisdom uh, only comes from God. And, you know, you got to decide 
You got to decide what your life's going to be. Is it going to be a, a, a daring adventure or are you going to live very controlling, very in a box, so afraid uh, of what everybody's going to think? You know, Helen Keller uh, is known for uh, a lot of uh, adversity, right? 1940, Keller published uh, Let Us Have Faith. And a chapter in that book was titled Faith Fears Not. Uh, Helen Keller overcame many adversities and she, she uh, writes about overcoming. Uh, it's an inspirational adage encouraging boldness, uh, audacity. And she says, quote, security is mostly a superstition. It does not exist in nature, nor do the children of men as a whole experience it. God himself is not secure, having given man dominion over his works. Avoiding danger is no safer in the long run than outright exposure. The fearful are caught as often as the bold. Faith alone defends. Life is either a daring adventure or nothing. She implores us to keep our faces towards change and behave like free spirits in the presence of fate is strength undefeatable. And a lot of this, what you need to get keep going is you got to know who you are. You got to know why you're here. You got to know who you are. And you got to be able to test things. And Socrates said to test it against truth, test it against goodness, and test it against usefulness. And if you don't know what those three words mean, that means you checked in late to this radio show. So go to likeitmattersradio.com and listen to the show because I covered those three words in great detail. What do those three words mean? Because technically all three words are nominalizations. And so what you got to know is this is all about success. You know, why do you get up each day, do what you do, go home at night, get up the next day and do it again and again and again? So you got to know these things. And the number three is perfect completion. Three is a simple number. You know, even in the Bible, you know, uh, if you go to 1 Corinthians 13, you know, where they're talking about love, it's called the love chapter. You know, he says, if I speak in tongues of men and angels but do not have love, I am a noisy gonger clanging cymbal. And he goes through this whole thing about what love is. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. And when it says love there, the Bible actually uses, there's three different Greek words in the Bible that we translate to love. There's agape, which is godly love. There's phileo, which is brotherly love. Uh, And there is... um, Sturge, storge, which is like familiar love. Uh, eros love, sexual love is not in the Bible. But the other three words are. So even there, notice what God's talking about love. He uses three different Greek words uh, to mean one word in English called love. But even with that, God then breaks it down to three things. He talks about all these wonderful things that a child of God can possess. But then he breaks it down to three things. Faith. Hope and love. Those are the three things that abide. And of these three things, these greatest three things of all, he says the greatest of these is love. And so you got to know what what success looks like, what it sounds like, what it feels like. That's what these tests are about. You take tests in schools uh, to make sure you're on the right track. You take tests in schools to, to check your base of knowledge. You take tests in schools So you can be certified to be able to do certain things. And so we need to have these tests as well. And it's all about success, though. Success, you know, Ralph Waldo Emerson's great quote, to laugh often and love much. 
to win the respect of intelligent people and the affection of children, to earn the approbation of honest critics and endure the betrayal of false friends, to appreciate beauty, to find the best in others, to leave the world a bit better, whether by a healthy child, a garden patch, or a deemed social condition, to know even one life has breathed easier because you have lived. This is to truly have succeeded. You know, a lot of people withhold constructive criticism. A lot of people withhold feedback because they they don't want to uh, hurt someone. They don't want to be wrong. They don't want to make someone feel bad. And so for those of you that struggle with this, I got a test of three for you. The test of three is, it's one, what you say, two, how you say it, and three, the underlying intent with, with what you said all. Well, in other words, what was your motivating factor? Why did you say anything at all? And I always give the story, you know, before I was in the, uh, this arena, uh, the personal improvement arena, I used to work uh, in the financial services field. And I was a partner with Union Equity Partners. And uh, I had started the insurance division for an existing stock brokerage firm. And, and my uh, firm wanted uh, my staff to dress more professionally. And so uh, I was, uh, you know, reading a book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. And I was working to encourage my staff. I could dictate, but I really don't want to be a dictatorial manager. I want to be a leader, someone who moves people, someone who inspires people to move, to do the right thing. And so I was encouraging my staff to dress more professionally. Well, one day one of my lead assistants came in, uh, and she had uh, taken my, my, my suggestion, if you will. And so she addressed all nice and professional. And so I'm in the front lobby, and, and I uh, see her, and I say, wow, uh, you look very professional. Partner's going to be happy, something like that. Uh, nice dress. Uh, you know, it was something like that. And I remember uh, she started crying. She started uh, almost going cathartic on me. I thought she was going to curl up in a fetal position uh, uh, on me. And so I had to get her out of the front office, uh, you know, I, I mean, the partners were upset. This is a professional setting, and here's this woman just going cathartic. I mean, ready to curl up in the fetal position and just cry out loud. Uh, and so being the man I was at that time, I decided, you know what, uh, I'm never going to cross that threshold again, especially in relation to women and emotion. At that time in my life, I just wasn't something I was too comfortable with or too keen with. And so I, I had to let this person go in a very short period of time after that because it had gotten so sketchy, so rough. I was afraid to say anything to her. So I couldn't truly lead her. Uh, we couldn't be successful in our relationship uh, because uh, I was afraid uh, of saying anything to her because she might respond in a similar fashion. She might just break down and cry. Uh, and then I'm done. I mean, I, I, I have nowhere to go after that. So, so I had to let her go. It had gotten so uh, choppy, our relationship. Uh, six months, eight months later, I was at a running rebel function, UNLV. And whenever uh, there was a UNLV function, uh, I think it was Miller Light or Coors Light, one of them, I think it was Miller, sponsored the running rebels. And so whenever we went to rebel functions, there was always lots of beer, lots of what I call truth serum. And so I'm at one of these events and I run into this person. Uh, and she's got a, a good six-pack in her. You know, she's got the truth serum floating. And, and she wanted to tell me, uh, give me some information that I did not possess in reference to how I had to fire her and uh, that one day where she freaked out on me. And here's what happened. And she gave me this information later. Uh, she said that she was living with a guy, but she was living the week before with a different guy. 
And she'd went out with some friends, got separated from some friends, and somehow uh, had too much to drink and wound up going home with this guy and spent the night with this guy. And ashamed of what she did, uh, she, uh, in that morning, uh, when her boyfriend, the guy that she lived with yesterday, went to work, she went and got all her stuff out of his apartment and moved in with this new guy that she had spent the night with. And this was a, a week or two before this event. And so that day of the event, her and her new living boyfriend got, a, got in a knockdown, drag out fight about that dress because her previous boyfriend had given it to her. And so they got a huge fight, almost in fisticuffs and in fisticuffs. And so she drove to work, though, for the whole 30 minutes, sobbing out loud. And so she gets to the, the parking garage and realizes she's a mess. So she sits in the parking garage for 20 minutes, getting her makeup put together. And then she comes in the office, and me thinking I'm doing the right thing, say, nice dress, and she lost it. But you got to realize I did not make her cry. There's only three things we can control. This is the three tests, the test of three. It's what you say, it's how you say it, and it's the underlying intent with why you said anything at all. You can't control another person's thoughts and feelings. You have no idea the Pandora's box that someone has in their head. But if you withhold information, it's like seeing someone with their zipper down but not telling them. It's like seeing someone talking to you and they got a big old stick of broccoli in their teeth, but you don't say anything to them. You can't control everything, but you can control what you say, how you say it, and the underlying intent, the reason you said anything at all. That is the test of three with constructive criticism. We'll be back in three minutes. Give a person a fish and you feed them for a meal. Teach them to fish and you change their destiny. At Like It Matters Radio, we teach you how you are made, how you create experience, and how you can change your world by changing your thinking. Opioid addiction, mental health crisis, PTSD, the soaring suicide rate, political hate and animosity. There is a crisis of toxic proportions and it is destroying us. This pandemic is destroying the foundation of our hope. Hope is fading. At Like It Matters Radio, we help people change their life by changing their thinking and doing based on how we are made. Our mission is to help people maximize their potentials and to live their life like it matters. Our goal is to change this world through our national radio show, bringing hope to listeners everywhere in every heart, body, and soul. We need your help, sponsors, donors, and helpers to do the work that needs to be done to change our world. If you are willing, please email us at mrblack at likeitmattersradio.com. In the subject line, put posse. Again, that's mrblack at likeitmattersradio.com. In the subject line, put posse. Join our posse today and leave a legacy for others to follow. Email us at Mr. Black at likeitmattersradio.com. In the subject line, put posse. Give me 48 hours and I will give you a new beginning. Give me 48 hours and I will give you hope. Give me 48 hours and I will give you your power back. Because between the stimulus and the response, there is a space. And in that space is your freedom. It is your power. At Like It Matters Leadership Awakening, 48 hours will change the course of your life. Discover the very purpose of your life, along with the ability to achieve. Give Mr. Black 48 hours in the next Leadership Awakening. Sign up at likeitmatters.net slash schedule. When I was little, I didn't talk for a long time. 
I like things to always be the same. Anything new or different would scare and upset me. I was very sensitive to lights and sounds. It was almost like I had bigger eyes and ears than everyone else. So I built secret hiding places where nothing could get in. I didn't like looking people in the eye. It made me feel uncomfortable. I'd throw big tantrums over little things like when my socks didn't match. Sometimes I'd do the same things over and over. Until one day, I found out I had autism. My family got me help. Slowly, I learned how to live with it better. You can see signs of autism in children as young as 18 months. Early intervention can make a lifetime of difference. Learn the signs at autismspeaks.org slash signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am Mr. Black, and today we're talking about the test of three. Socrates had a test on anything. He said, is it truth? Is it good? And is it useful? If those, uh, whatever you want to share with me, doesn't pass that test of three, then don't share it with me. Before the break, I told you a test of three when you're giving constructive criticism. You know, a lot of people have a tough time offering constructive criticism because we all want to be liked. We're all afraid to have crucial conversations. And so you need to realize that there's only three things that we can control. It is what we say. uh, It is the way we say it. And it is the underlying intent with why we said anything at all. I mean, why did you even open your mouth? And once you are square on those three things, it's not what you say, but the way you say it, right? Right? You've heard that before. So make sure what you say is truthful. And truth with love is always important, right? And then how you say it. You know, there's a a game show out there called Whose Line Is It Anyway? And uh, there's a game called If You Know What I Mean. And so whenever you put, if you know what I mean, it makes it sound a little twisted, a little perverted. Uh, those are two nice trees in your front yard, if you know what I mean. Hey, that's a nice carpeting got over there, if you know what I mean. Hey, the rain never falls twice on the same thing, if you know what I mean. Well, I don't know what you mean. So you can't put any weird connotation on it. So it's what you say. Make sure you're speaking truth. The way you say it, make sure it is proper. Have some emotional intelligence. You know, speak with respect to people. And the third thing is the underlying intent. Why did you say it at all? Just like Jesus was always in interest in the heart, you should always be interested in your motivation. You can do the wrong thing for the right reason, and I think God's glorified. You can do the right thing for the wrong reason, and nobody's happy. And so that is the test of three when offering constructive criticism. And I want to give you a couple tests of threes. Because the three is the perfect completion. Throughout the Bible, the number three uh, is used for perfect completion. So many times, when everything around Jesus was about three days, the third time, three times. Uh, because it is the number of perfect completion. And so, a couple of things I want to do. There are three perceptual positions. Right? There's only three ways to see any situation in life. There are not multiple ways. There are not a hundred ways. There are not uh, unlimited ways to see a situation. There are three ways. You see it from your first position, which is self, through your own eyes. You see it from second position, which is other, which is called empathy. You actually put yourself in someone else's shoes and you see and you experience the experience through their eyes, through their experience. And third is third position, which is overview. 
And that gives us a, a, a lot a better way without the emotional involvement to see something. All three of these positions give you more data. Why does this matter? Because what's lacking today's world is understanding. Everybody's self-righteous. Everybody wants to condemn everybody else for doing what they're doing, but they're doing it wrong because they judge their actions. But we do it right because we judge our motives. So what we need is understanding. We need to get out of our own map of reality, get out of first position where most people live and reside and are stuck, and step into second position. See the, the map of reality of the other person. Step out of your own reality. Step into their reality. It'll give you a better understanding of what they're going through. You don't need to agree with it. You don't need to like it. Just do it. It's called respect. And the third position is overview. A lot of us do that after an event. We replay in our mind's eye to see what we missed, to see what happened. And so each one of those positions gives you a more data, allows you to see the full battlefield, allows you to make more sound, uh, more successful uh, choices. There are three F's to conflict resolution. Whenever you're dealing with someone, butting heads with someone or, or having a tough time getting through something, you need to understand the three F's. Feel, felt, found. Again, a lot of what I do because my background in neurolinguistic programming is always about establishing rapport before you do anything. You've got to meet someone in their map reality. You've got to make them believe that you have a, a, a desire to understand. Remember one of seven, uh, Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People? Seek first to understand and then be understood. And that's what feel, felt, found was. I understand how you feel. I felt this way and what I found. See, when you understand what someone's feeling, you're actually putting yourself in their moccasins. You're walking a mile in someone else's moccasins. Now, never tell a person you understand what they feel unless you truly desire to understand, unless you're working to understand. A man could never explain to a woman who's going through childbirth what she's going through. Don't ever say, man, I understand. You don't understand. You'll never understand because we can't go through it by the grace of God. Thank you, Lord. You got my point? But when you're struck dealing with someone who's in trauma and drama, you need to get upside them, beside them, physically and emotionally and psychologically. And that's why you say, well, I understand how you feel, man. You must feel dejected. You must feel left out. You must feel like the whole world's taking a dump on you, like the, the world's a big dog and you're, eating, you're wearing milk bone underwear, right? you got to really step in their shoes. Get right next to them. How can you give a person a hand up unless you're standing right next to them? So you got to get beside them. Walk in that pain. Walk in that misery in a safe way. I understand how you feel. Now you're standing next to them. Now you share your feelings, how you would feel in a similar situation. I felt betrayed. I know what it's like to be abandoned. I know what it's like to be homeless. I don't might not know what it's like to be black. I might not know what it's like to be a woman, but I do know what it's like to be abandoned. I knew, do know what it's like to be dejected. I do know what it's like not to fit in. You see what I'm doing? I'm now having a commonality of things I felt where I wasn't enough. And then once you've done that and only done that, now you can start moving them because leaders move people. And one thing I found, and what this found is about, is about moving forward. So the three F's to conflict resolution. I understand how you feel. I felt this way. And one thing I found. Feel, felt, found.
How about the three zones of life? Comfort, fear, and panic. Right? We're living in one place at a given time. A lot of people live in these fear, these comfort zones. They get stale and stagnant and stuck. I believe the problem with the church today is too, it's too comfortable. There's a lot of people out there comfortably going to hell. There's a lot of marriages comfortably going to divorce court. There's a lot of kids comfortably going to a, a destroyed a young adult life. We've got to get out of our comfort zones. Our comfort zones can kill us. Outside of our comfort zone, there you'll find fear. I can tell you fear's address. Fear's address is right outside your comfort zone. And once you understand that fear is nothing more than false evidence appearing real, once you realize fear is nothing more than a chemical response, the body releases 63 known chemicals. It's released based on what we're thinking about, our physiology, specifically our eye placement in relation to our physiology, and our breathing. And these 63 chemicals that the body releases based on those three things are released uh, and they make us feel. Feel excited, feel shut down, feel turned on, feel turned off. So when you realize that fear is nothing more than a feeling, it's a chemical response. Then, like Dr. Susan Jeffers wrote in her good book, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyways, then we realize that we can feel the fear and do it anyways. And then outside that zone called fear is a zone called panic, intense fear. And the key to life is to keep pushing your zone that you're in. Because what used to elicit a little bit of fear, you know, when we're pushing our comfort zone, now brings about familiarity. And what used to bring about panic now just elicits a little bit of fear. And once we realize that we can feel the fear and do it anyways, you see how that works? So the test of three for zones are there's three zones that we live in. Comfort, fear, and panic. And we should be constantly working in the fear zone because one thing I learned about words, by definition, you cannot be courageous. You cannot have courage, absence of fear. And if you want to live a courageous life, you got to be pushing your comfort zone. And the last test of three I want to give you is that there are three places that we can live in the time zone, in the timeline. We can live in the past, we can live in the present, and we can live in the future. But I'm going to give you another three. There are three R's of survival, meaning you're living in the past. Resent, regret, resist. Look, we got 40% of the country in the resistance movement. They're living in the past, still not accepting a, 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 an election that took place three years ago. And the problem is there's now precedence. So if they elect another person, a different person than Trump, now you got 40% of the country on the other side. They're going to do everything they can to destroy this person to chase them down at meals, to spit in their face, uh, to make sure that their administration, no one can eat in peace, to make sure they're kicked off of social media. Make, I mean, come on, people. We need to beat it better than this. Too many people live in the past. There's a present. The only place we can live in is this place called the now. It's the present. And then the future is not guaranteed. It's a dream. It's a hope. But the only place that we can truly live in the three places is in the present, in the now moment. Between the stimulus and response, there's a space. It's called now. And in that now is your power. It's your freedom. I am Mr. Black. You are under construction on the Like It Matters radio network. I'm helping you to be more hopeful about your future, reminding you, when you live your life like it matters, it does.
How does the baby move in your tummy? How does the baby eat? Can the baby hear me? How did the baby get in there? Wow, a pregnancy can sure generate a lot of questions. But what's important is that a baby is a baby inside and out of the womb, not just after birth, but nine months before. At conception. That's right, every baby is a miracle. Hello, my name is Marianne Kuharski. I'm the director of Pro Life Across America. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives or assistance or would like to support the work of Pro Life Across America, please visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org or better yet, simply dial pound 250 on your cell phone and say the keyword pro life. Pro Life Across America is non political and totally educational. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Pro-life. 